This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So this week, I decided to mix it up a bit on the Zach's Market Edge podcast. If you don't know, I do two podcasts every week. This one, the Value Investor Podcast and the Zach's Market Edge podcast. On the Market Edge, it's a little bit different. We talk more about the economy. Sometimes I have guests on that are from within the Zach's family. This week I had on Dave Bartosiak, who is my Zach's colleague, and he's the editor of Zach's Blockchain Innovators newsletter. And I had him on to talk about blockchain and AI. But I'm bringing this up because it was our first ever video podcast. And um, you can also see that if you want to check it out, go to YouTube. We have we have a whole podcast page on YouTube. So you can listen to the Value Investor podcast on YouTube. Just type in Zach's podcast. It's a separate page from the normal Zach's page. It just handles all of our podcasts. But go over there. You can find the Value Investor. You can find Nina's great ETF podcast. And the Market Edge is over there, including this video podcast will be over on YouTube. But uh, doing videos is a little bit different, right, than just doing these audio podcasts. And it meant I had to have on like some nice clothes. I had to fix my background because you can see me and you can see everything back there. And I still shot it in a place where I normally shoot the videos. So if you've ever seen any of like my earnings all-stars videos that I do during earnings season, you'll notice that I have those dark blue walls in the back and just a few other little things back there. Um, So I decided to mix it up for the video podcasting because I thought that was a little boring after all these years. And so I added some books to the background. And of course, I added some investing books because that makes sense, right? Some of these are my favorite investing books. And I'm not going to go through the full list, but of course, there were value investing books on the list, including, of course, Ben Graham's The Intelligent Investor. you got to have that one. And then The Case for Long-Term Value Investing by Jim Cullen. I've talked about that one a couple times on the podcast. I really have to take a look at that one again now that we have this market rally. And then The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. It's not specific to value investing, but Warren Buffett is mentioned in at least one or two of the chapters. And it's just an overall great book on money and investing and things like that. So I really recommend that book. And then there's a new book in that uh, stack that I'm currently reading called The Joys of Compounding by Gautam Bade, and it's B-A-I-D. Everybody's talked about this list. Whenever I see lists on like Twitter, about like, these are the investing books to read. This book is always on there. So finally, during the Amazon Prime Day event, it it actually did not go on sale, but I bought it anyways during the Prime Day event. And this is the revised and updated version I got. But I'm not gonna talk about the joys of compounding just yet because I'm still currently reading it. But it did make me think about the power of compounding when I was putting the book up there for the video, because for value investors, compounding is really the secret. I mean, I guess it's the secret for growth investors too, but they won't admit it. But for value investors, we buy cheap so that we can own a long time and hopefully the stock is cheap enough that it can compound over you know, 5, 10, 20 years, maybe even longer. 
and we'll see great returns. A lot of the chapters on Warren Buffett are actually about compounding in the Morgan Household book too, The Psychology of Money. So uh, yeah, compounding, if you see that word and you see investing, you probably are gonna get some kind of value discussion in there because obviously Warren Buffett is one of the big you know winners of compounding actually anybody who's bought in berkshire hathaway has been a winner in compounding so um so i've been thinking about compounding and value investing and then i saw this list uh just this week on uh twitter from stock twits about the best s p 500 performers since 2000. now that's all it said and then it gave like the list and like how much they've gone up. But I always like lists like this. I know I've talked about the best performers on the S&P 500 over the last 30 years, but that list hasn't been updated in about three years now. So I'm waiting for more updated lists on those. But this one from 2000 to 2023 would be interesting. But I did ask the tweeter person at StockTwits, was this January 4th, 2000? Was this july 24th 2000 because they put out the list on july 24th 2023 is were they going you know year the same date year over year or decades over decades they they never answered me so we don't really know and i did go in and plug in the numbers and none of my numbers for either date matched up with what they put in the tweet so it's a little bit confusing what actual date they use and the dates do matter it matters immensely in investing because if you just said Oh, I bought on July 24, 2000. Well, what happened in the prior, you know, almost seven months prior to that? Well, we had a top in the NASDAQ and the, the, all the stock market then, and we started to see somewhat of a decline going in there. But what if you had bought? You would have still been buying very high if you had bought on January 4th, 2000, right? That's That was the first trading day coming off of 1999 when everything was soaring and had huge returns and everybody's still bullish. So it, it did matter. And I actually did look a bit about the differences depending on when you bought with some of them on the list. And it was massive. Like we're talking like thousands of percent return in some cases. So yes, when you buy does matter, but this is another little tip about uh, why you should, uh, you know, stay invested because timing, it almost never works. Um, And then you do usually end up missing out on a lot of gains because you are on the sidelines instead of being in there. But um, let me uh, talk a little bit about like what's on this list. And they just did the top 10, as I said, and there were a couple names I was surprised to see on here and a couple that I, well, at least one that I had not ever really followed or checked out. So I had to go look at it. Um, So that's always interesting because we think we know what's on this list, right? So this is from 2000 to 2023. You are probably thinking the Magnificent Seven, the Fangman, 
you know, the fangs, right? But remember what started in 2000, it was a bear market that started in 2000. That was for three years. So maybe or maybe not, it's going to be this. So <laughs> hint, hint, it might not be. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about what's on this list, but then I, I want to switch over to, you know, kind of the growth versus value and compounding and holding for the long term and what that all means for value investors. Okay, so the first one out is the same one that was on the top 30 list that I used to do, and it's Monster Beverage, MNST. This list said it was up 115,000%. Um, I didn't double check this one, but it, it has been one of the best performers. Someone on Twitter, after I retweeted this list on Twitter, said, oh, I used to drink this in college, like, you know, several times a day or something. And I wish I would have bought it then. Um, but Monster Beverage, the, the biggest winner. Number two was surprising. And StockTwit says it's Old Dominion Freightline, ticker ODFL. And this is one where they said it was up 32,359%. Um, but I went in there and did uh, on Yahoo Finance. I looked from January 4th, 2000 to July 24th, 2023, when this list came out. And it was 37,257%. And then I did look to see if they had meant July 24th, 20 or 2000. Then it was up 45,000. 400%. So you see, like it does matter when you bought the stock, at least on this one, it did. Um, okay, number three is tractor supply. They are a beast for sure on the retail side, but I am kind of surprised to see them that high up there. TSCO, uh, they had its up 25,798% since 2000. Um, from January 4th, I have 18,980%. So either way, we would take it, right? Uh, yes, we would. Um, then NVIDIA, NVDA. So one of the Magnificent Seven is on here, NVIDIA, and they have 18,561%. But for some reason, when I put it in there, if it was January 4th, I have like 58,480%. But either way, again, very good. Um, Apple is number five uh, at 17,376%. I didn't double check that one. IDEX Labs, IDXX, they're on here. They were also on the top 30, so uh, they, they've been around on a lot of these lists, up 11,688%. You might not even have ever looked at IDEX Labs, right? Because that was one I'm, I was not familiar with until I saw these lists. Number seven, United Health Group on the health insurer side, UNH, up 9,013%. And then number eight is a company, this is another one I did not know uh, what they did, um, ANSYS, ANSYS, A-N-S-S is the ticker, and the name is A-N-S-Y-S. So A-N-S-S, they only joined the S&P 500 in 2017. So when you run the, like, who's to invest in the S&P 500? thing they are in it so they do show up in these lists but they weren't in it um in 2000 but that's okay uh that's what makes it interesting right they got big enough to join in 2017 so they're a software company and they say they're engineering simulation and 
I have that they're up 13,162% since the January 4th, 2000. Um, And then number nine, one of my favorites, and it was on the third year list as well in the top 10 is Pool Corp, P-O-O-L. Is that ticker up 7,027% is what I have from January. And then O'Reilly Auto, O-R-L-Y, up 7,691% is what they had on that one. So as you can see, other than NVIDIA, the only one, or no, and Apple, the two on the Magnificent Seven, so there are some on here, the Fangmans are on here, but a lot of other names that maybe you don't really talk about much or you don't own or you're not thinking about. And that's what's interesting about the compounding, right? Like a lot of stocks, um, you know, had great runs in the 2000s because they weren't in tech. And then uh, starting after 2013, again, after the Great Recession, a lot of these have caught steam in this latest bull rally. And so you, if you held on, you're really seeing the big gains. Now, a couple of people on Twitter were bringing up some of the stocks that are reporting right now, and we've been talking about them. And I want to talk about those too. So uh, we were talking about Visa because they are uh, have a great earnings surprise track record. They haven't missed since their 2008 IPO, and they did not miss this quarter once again. So their track record is intact. And someone tweeted at me, oh, I've gotten rich or wealthy. I forget which word he used off of Visa because he bought at the IPO. So I looked up Visa. It's up 1,363% since its IPO. And um, that is from 2008. So very good performance on Visa. Um, He also mentioned Costco. Also, uh, you know, big fan of that. There are a lot of big fans of Costco, just in general, (laughs) of the stores, but also the stock. And that one, I could go back to January 2000 through July 24th, 2023, like I did with these uh, top 10. And that one, Costco is up 1,052% during that time period. So that was outperforming the S&P 500 easily, but as you can see, not anywhere near these others, but still really good performance. So then we got into a conversation of, should you just buy these stocks, these great performers, and should you own them at all costs? And who cares what you paid for them because Costco's up 1,052% and it still has some growth. But as value investors, we do care what we pay for those earnings, right? Um, Visa is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, but they bought it in 2011 when it had sold off a bit and the PE did come down. So when it went IPO, it was did have a PE of around 40. So that was very pricey. So many value investors did not buy Visa then. And then, uh, you know, it, it came down a bit and during the Great Recession. And by 2011, it was trading at 28 times. Cheap enough, apparently, for either Buffett or one of his lieutenants to say, hey, I'm getting in this. And they also bought MasterCard as well. So um, it hasn't always been expensive, but it's trading back up, you know, into the more expensive realms again and uh, is looking like it might be approaching 
uh, the 40 times level again, it traded as high as 51 times during the pandemic. Um, and especially in 2021 when it was breaking out to new highs. So it's trading at 27 times right now. That's around the PE level where Buffett bought it in 2011. So not quite as pricey as some of the others, but Costco still trading at 39 times. And again, as a value investor, I love the business, but it's really hard for me to justify getting into a Costco even with growth at 39 times. Um, so I did take a look at the earnings on Costco. Uh, fiscal 2023 up 9.7%. Fiscal 2024, 6.9%. That's not terrible, but it's a peg of 4.7 because it's just so expensive uh, on the price side. And the earnings, while going up, are not soaring. So peg of 4.7 is pretty pricey. Comparatively, tractor supply, which is the better performing stock over those 23 years, PE of just 20.5. So that sounds like dirt cheap. It's about half that of Costco. Peg of 2.3, again, about half that of Costco. Earnings 2023 up 7%, 2024 up 10%. So similar kind of earnings growth also a beast on the retail side. They both have very loyal customers and very strong brands, but I'm getting it cheaper at Tractor Supply. So as a value investor, I have to still be on the sidelines no matter what I'm thinking about Costco, um, no matter how much I like it, still kind of on, I, I just can't do it. So, but Maybe I could do tractor supply. Like I said, I'm like eyeing it now because that's not that expensive or not as expensive as it used to be. And so, um, you know, that's where value investors maybe should be focusing. I also took a look at Chipotle. It's trading at 47 times. Peg of 1.5 though. So that's more affordable. It's uh, up 3,748%. For its all time, it was not publicly traded all 23 years, but earnings expected to be up 35% this year and 20% next year. So you really do have the growth component. So you're paying for it at 47 times, but you really do have it. So these are things value investors have to look at. And I know some growth investors are like, just caution to the wind, throwing it out there. But value investors are value investors for a reason, right? There is a reason that Buffett is not adding to his Apple position, but he's adding to Occidental Petroleum or Chevron, um, although he did sell a little bit of that last quarter. But he's adding to these cheaper stocks because historically, cheaper is where it's been at when you're doing the long-term hold, the long-term compounding. And that's what value investors do. We compound. The joys of compounding, right? That's where uh, you get these big numbers. That's where you get the dream of the lottery stock is long-term investing. And um, if you can get it cheap and get in there and get those earnings uh, on a discount, that's where the real returns are. So let me just uh, you know go over again like some of the stocks we talked about on here. Um, oh, by the way, and Ennis Software PE of forty, Peg of eight. 
earnings only expected to be up six, uh, 7.6 percent this year and 11.6 next year. So that's way too pricey for me. So I won't be in that one, but um, good to keep some of these on your watch list for if they do sell off. So let me repeat the sticker, the tickers. So we did talk about Visa, ticker V. It's looking a little bit more attractive here, but still a little pricey. Costco, ticker COST, uh, still too pricey for me. Tractor supply though, um, about half the cost at TSCO. Then we had ANSYS, I know I'm saying it wrong, ANSS, let's just say the ticker. I did talk about Chipotle there, CMG. And um, of course, there's other ones I just mentioned, but we didn't really go into details on those. So I'm going to leave those off. But um, yeah, like compounding, don't lose focus as a value investor. Stay the course. Even if someone's like, you're dumb not to get into Costco. There's so much growth there. That's great for growth investors. But for us value investors, we want cheap you can still get it. You can look around, set up your screens, get get it, be patient, wait for a sell-off um, and get it cheaper and you won't go wrong. So uh, be sure to tune in, uh, tune in to the Market Edge to check out those video podcasts and get us here every week on The Value Investor. We're not doing video over here because I don't think you really want to see me just sitting here speaking. No, it's not as exciting, but check it out on the Zach's Market Edge. You can get value on uh, all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, everywhere as usual, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.